Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the newsroom to the nursery, we're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are anchor moms. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Deep breath. <laughs> All right, we ready? Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Behind the Scenes Anchor Mom. Oh, we've had a crying baby, two, oh. two kids, two cranky kids, it sounds like, over in the Alstead residence, um, two barking dogs, and a partridge and a pear tree, and a husband. And a husband is on. on. Yes. yes. Oh Who's calling um, in from work. Uh, everyone welcome my husband gregory uh the wonderful handsome amazing husband he is the smartest like the most skilled like best hair like everything right biggest biggest helper around the house you know i didn't know where where you were going with that (laughs) gotta butter him up before we dive into it right You know, I was thinking that, like, John was really cordial when you guys had him on, and I'm like, you know, this is... Which was, like, unlike him, right? Right. Well, I mean, I'm just like, you know, this is our opportunity to, like, be, give rebuttal to all of the things that you guys have said. I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Maybe that'll be another another time, but... Do you have, like, the boxing gloves ready, Gregory? Are you, like, are you pumped and you're, like, ready to go? You're in the Mm -hmm. ring? Well, like, this is kind of embarrassing to say, but, like, I haven't listened to all of the podcasts <laughs> like uh, John and Brian have, so mm-hmm. I probably don't have quite the angst and the uh, material to fire back. I mean, I have some, obviously. I've listened to plenty of them, but not all of them. Oh, wow. Do you have a list ready to go of things you're going to bring up and... Not today. I'm thinking that could be okay. the future podcast. The anchor dads have to convene before that happens. <laughs> oh, you don't want to be the one anchor dad that's like coming out hardcore right. against the mom. Guns huh? blazing. Okay. Perhaps right. there was some mint julep so you guys can discuss your um, your full rebuttals. <laughs> yes. So yes. you're so you're at work right now. Yes, I'm at work. Um, and tell everyone what you do. I am a physical therapist, and I work in a retirement community, so I'm kind of at the forefront of dealing with um, keeping this at-risk population for COVID safe. Um, And earlier, you guys aren't getting video, but I'm in a what used to be a room, but it's now a giant closet filled with a uh, government stockpile of PPE. So <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's the boxes behind me. So. Okay. That's so, that's, I mean, that's, thank you. That's such an important job that you have to keep those folks safe. But it's also pretty scary because you have obviously your own family to worry about. 
It's true. It's true. But my bigger fear is being, you know, the Trojan horse that brings the virus to the retirement community. You know, I think that that's a bigger risk and fear of mine than actually contracting the virus because I'm pretty healthy. Yeah, exactly. From the news desk. Gregory actually picked two articles for this oh, episode. Okay. Yes. So kick us off with uh, this first article, what it's called and what's it, what it's about. Ooh. All right. So the first article is called The Myth of the Lazy Father. Um, and this actually comes from the Institute for Family Studies. So I'm classing it up here with some actual research. Um, okay, science-based article. I like it. So, somewhat, somewhat. We can get to that a little bit later. But like, uh, I'm thing... just gonna tell you. Mm, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did a little of my own research this morning on the anchor desk just to find out a little bit about the um, Institute for Family Studies. But go ahead. Oh, source checking. We, mm-hmm. we could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in full disclosure, I will say. For one thing, this is a lot of data in this article, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend that the listeners read it. Um, but it does bring <laughs> does bring to light the issue that we uh, want to talk about, which is the myth of the lazy father. And granted, this is going to be a three on one here for me to bring it up. But what yeah. better way to have like the anchor dad on? So yeah. anyway, what I want to say is. The first quote said, among married couples living together with kids, if anything, it's actually dads who do more work in total. Um, And there were lots of ways that they quantified the work. You know, it's like actual work versus housework versus shopping. But And like actual work is like leaving the house and working for a paycheck, correct? Correct. Like what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. like what I'm technically doing right now Mm -hmm. um but you know this is data guys this is from the pew research center you know they they, you know so what do you got to say about it oh um well so so kind of the findings in this article they're like gregory said there's a lot of data but to me the the kind of takeaway point was uh, among this person's research Uh, he found that men do 40 minutes a day, which equals about four and a half hours a week, more work with all of that work combined, the work for your job, work for your kids, grocery shopping, housework, all of that, than women. And I have absolutely no idea how that could possibly be true. Give us, give us a little more insight into your life, Karen. I thought you were well, going to be like side with maybe side with Gregory on this a little bit since this is your anchor dad. You were going to like throw him a bone, but I love well, it. I, I, love it. I will <laughs> say for the record, Gregory does do a lot of work and he works very hard at his real job and he works very hard at home. But I just, the only thing I could think was that about this data, you know, the one thing I will say, and I think Gregory would agree with me on this. Um, Gregory, you would probably admit that you're not a good multitasker, correct? True, probably, yes. So the only thing I could say is, you know, maybe because moms are doing like three jobs at once, that only counts for like one 30-minute chunk, but we're getting a lot of stuff done. 
Right. So maybe mm-hmm. that's like skewing the data a little bit. Like the dad, yes, might be working for an hour, but he's like very slowly doing the dishes for an hour. <laughs> yes, Where like exactly. in that same hour, the mom has already like given three kids a bath and cooked dinner and, you right. know, like whatever else. So that's well, the only, the only um, justification I could find for this. I think that, you know, it would be true that women obviously do more of the you know, child care part. So, you know, this is like looking at the household in full, um, you know, not who's taking care of the kids more. And he mentioned somewhere in the article that like, you know, women are and forever will be like the nurturers, the ones that care for the kids more. I mean, you're the ones that gave birth to them. Um, But I think that, you know, this guy is kind of, I mean, there's probably some manipulation of the data there. (laughs) Uh, Well, sure. You can every, you know, two people can look at the same data and come to different conclusions, obviously. I mean, I will say the one thing that the one thing that I really did agree with in this article is actually what you just said in that he says mothers prefer to do more mothering than fathers. As in moms, we want to be the one who, you know, who the child skins their knee and they run to mom and you take care of mom and or mom takes care of the children. And it, it, yeah, we, we birth these children, right? We nurse these children. We, we are the moms. It's, it is a little bit different. And I do agree with that. What I don't agree with is that's not a cop-out. You can't say because she wants to do more of this mothering and she's maybe better at it, that, that I get to do less work around the house. Or maybe you're not, you just said a few minutes ago that you weren't counting that taking care of the children as part of the work. I call bull on that because that is the work. Taking care of the children is the work. So she doesn't have the extra time to stay at work longer because someone else has to be there taking care of the children. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not saying that taking care of the kids isn't part of the work. Um, And he actually said, and I agree with this, that paid work, quote, versus unpaid work isn't differentiated in his, like, calculation of time because they're both considered equally valuable. And it's kind of difficult to know which one is more unpleasant. <laughs> well, and it's, a matter, it's like a matter of preference. And he does talk about here how that's, like, sort of, like, hard to quantify and qualify. Like, it's really hard to be at home with your kid for eight hours a day. And I often think that it's harder to do that than to be at like the actual station or the office for eight hours a day. Um, One of the things that I sort of thought was um, sort of um, interesting in this article is um, Ingrid, you had mentioned just that he talks about I mean, women really want to do most of the, like the childcare work anyway. So like, why are we pretending that that's not true? And I don't know that that's like necessarily, I think that's a total broad generalization. I don't know that that is totally true. And I would be interested to talk to all moms and all dads. Is that true that dads are less interested in doing nurturing work than moms? Or is that just like some sort of stereotype from like the 1950s that we're still sort of like propping up here in 2020. Gregory. Dead, dead space. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, I didn't realize that was specifically directed to me. I thought you guys were going to weigh well, in too so... on if you wanted to nurture, but I would say, I don't know. I mean, I, can, I definitely don't want to do it as much as Karen does, I would say. And I probably, um, 
am more apt to do it when I have come home from work and I haven't had a chance sure. to do that all day. But like on the on a weekend, I think sometimes it's harder. You know, it's kind of like, gosh, I got other things I want to get done instead of be the guy that watches the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that I thought was really funny, and this does happen in my own life, and I also think it's like a bunch of crap. Um, this guy talks about how... I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So I just he, know exactly he says, what you're going to say. He says, okay, so what about housework? I knew the yes. general problem here is that men actually don't care as much about housework. Like, they don't care about how much cleaning actually gets done. They don't care about clean floors and dishes being done. And women do. So, like, sort of basically saying, like, therefore... Well, it's women's fault if they work so much at home because, you know, they, that's just something that they're more passionate about. Right. Like he's saying that she should pick up the slack because she wants it to be cleaner and his state of cleanliness is far less than what hers is. Right. His Therefore, she needs is to lower. be the one. Yeah. So she needs um, to be the one doing those things. The quote, which I laughed out loud while reading this last night, this was the exact quote. Men don't want housework to be done by anyone. You know what? So like, uh, like they just not, don't want it done at all. Yeah, like let's just not do it. Like it's fine. Well, It'll be fine. I, well, which I because mean, they don't notice what we're doing. Or like the house would just not function if nobody did housework. Laundry right. would be piled up. Nobody would have anything to wear. Nobody would have anything to like eat off of. Like it's that's ridiculous. Right. It's called a bachelor pad. You know, that's like yeah. what they end up looking like. I think it's funny, though, in our circumstance, like I do think that I probably do more cleaning of our house than Karen does. I was um, waiting for that to come. Really? Far more. Do yes. tell us. Do tell uh, us. Far more? That's a bit strong. Well, I mean, I was the one asking last night where, like, the cleaning products were. <laughs> and you're, like, you know, getting frustrated with me. I'm the one who vacuums. Like, you know, this. there's plenty of things that I can support myself with here. Um, I will say that you do clean. I-, I will give you that for sure. I would not say far more than me. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, I also don't know that you've ever done a lot of laundry. Uh, We're not talking about laundry. We're talking about cleaning. I feel like that might be the same category, but okay. I will say that that you you do a lot of cleaning, and I think the difference is I'm kind of like a, I want to tidy it up and, like, have it look semi-respectable, but Gregory's better at, like, the deep clean. Like, okay, let's get out the chemicals and, like, really, like, scrub down the bathroom. I don't want to do that. I just want to, like, make it look nice in case somebody comes over. You know, I understand. Well, good for you, Gregory, because maybe you're bucking the trend um, and going ahead and saying, like, housework housework matters. Right. 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 Okay. So here's my final thing on this article, because I was like, what is this study? Some of the stuff in here, mm. Um, the Institute um, for Family Studies, which is where this article comes from, is a conservative think tank, um, has some funding from conservative groups. And if you look it up um, to verify where their bias is, they have a very conservative bias which I was not surprised after reading this article. And I'm all about, listen, let's have all sorts of viewpoints on Anchor Moms. So I I love it. But I do think that this article skews a little bit. uh, I think it's, I can't, I do think it can be a little bit condescending. And I think that it's a little out of touch. 
Well, I would not disagree. I mean, like I said, I think there's some manipulation of data. And this is a male writing this article. Yep. But this is also why you guys wanted the anchor dads to come on here. I love it. The other thing I would say is I read another article (laughs) and didn't include it. And it was talking about, this is going to really boil your blood, uh, (laughs) women wanting to complain about their husbands and men just not engaging in that. And it was like a group of guys talking about this. And the guy who wrote the article brought it up and said, you know, I asked some group of dads to like, vent about their households and he said they all looked around like there were candid cameras waiting to you know record what they were going to say and they were hesitant and reluctant to do it so you think they bashed you guys too much because they had nothing Uh, to complain about no i don't think that's it i think guys just don't complain as much but i I think guys just don't care they just don't care to talk to their friends about us that's probably true too like they want they to talk just about, rather like, talk about like, fishing, fishing or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's plenty on this. I think we can stop before it gets. Do you want to move on? Do you want to move on? Okay. Anchor Moms is brought to you by Wilderness at the Smokies, the Smokies' largest water park resort. Get out of the house and into the wilderness. And other news. So, um, can so, I just, can I do, can I, can I tell you guys what, what just happened? Tell us. So complete chaos in my house. So much so that my husband oh, left with the screaming baby in the car, but left the other kid and didn't <laughs> tell me. And then I just hear a knock on the door and like my son is by himself. In the oh my gosh. And I just had to like, go give him some goldfish and turn on a TV show. Like, wow. oh, wow. I mean, did he forget him, do you think? Did he think he I, was maybe, in the car? I don't know. Let me check the other phone here. Nope, didn't even tell no. me. John's not, John's not helping my cause here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, Gregory. Exactly. I mean, I feel bad because the kids are crazy right now. But anyways, sorry. All right. Carry on. So um, our second article, because we had um, conservative think tank Institute for Family Studies, we're going to move on to the New York Post, which if you guys know anything about that is a like total opposite direction, like a total, uh, I don't know, we'll call it like a a liberal publication. More left-leaning. Yes. Thank you. Um, And the title of this, Singles Are Having Kids With Strangers As Part of the Co-Parenting Trend. So, like, instead of doing IVF or, like, finding someone to fall in love with, people are logging on. I actually looked at a website today, this morning. People are logging on, and they're kind of doing it like a Match.com or, like, a Tinder. But instead of, like, finding someone to date, you're finding someone to have a baby with. And this is it's crazy, really, I think. Yes. It's really po- – I mean, you know, really popular. I put it in quotation marks. It's trending right now. There was actually a reality TV show just this summer um, with a chick from The ba- – I don't know if you guys saw this. A chick from The no. Bachelor. Um, she couldn't find love, but she was looking for somebody to have a child with. And they say that there's, like, a couple of different reasons for this. IVF is expensive. Um, and single parenting is also expensive. And, you know, there's an emotional and financial burden <laughs> of going it alone. So why not go ahead and find somebody um, who is willing to co-parent with you, whether it be some of these sites will try to set you up with somebody who you're like-minded and like, maybe you'll have a relationship with, have a romantic relationship with, but you both want a child or some of them are like platonic 
you know, somebody mm-hmm. you have a platonic relationship with, but you're, you're going to agree that you're going to have a child together. So what do you guys think? I want to say like the latter circumstance, like the whole platonic, like, are they actually thinking that they're going to like procreate, like have sex, have a child and like, have it be just like this transaction where they're Uh, not like romantically involved at all. Like, or that it's not going to get complicated. That's the thing, like that you're not going to run into all sorts of like relationship issues, even if you're platonic. That's weird. And just feels like robotic to me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's, I guess it's easy for us to say when we're all like, you know, I'll put some, put some air quotes, happily married and like have kids, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's easy for us, I guess, to be like, that's just crazy. I can't believe they would do that. You know, like, do you really have to have a kid, you know? But I, obviously, we're not in that scenario. So Absolutely. I think it's, it's obviously, you know, you know, it, it's we don't know what it feels like to to want a kid so badly and not be able to have one because we all have children. Um, thank God. But I, I, you know, I think if if you know, I try to put myself in that situation, what would I do if I really wanted a child? I think first. Maybe well, obviously, I'd try to find somebody to fall in love with. Do it maybe the traditional way, but what if you just found like a friend that's maybe that's what I, you know, like a guy friend to have a kid with, to have a kid with rather than a complete stranger. That's the only thing to me that I think is like, I really couldn't do that. Maybe the friend thing, you know, um, somebody you've known like your whole life, like a childhood friend, but maybe you just never dated or something like that. But I don't know. What would you guys do? Um, I think this is insane. I don't think this makes any sense at all. It's, it's just, I, I, this whole thing just blows my mind. In fact, we were, we were reading the articles last night in separate rooms and both came out in the kitchen and were like, did you understand that second article? Like what, what is going on here? Like what, what are they even talking about? Um, but the other thing is, um, I have to say that when you are, you know, madly in love with your spouse and have kids, parenting is still really hard. So yeah. if you have no connection with the co-parent, you know, romantically, I have no idea how it would work. I mean, right? Like parenting is hard with someone mm. you love with your whole heart. I just don't understand how this makes any sense at all. I think, well, I was going to say, I think that like, just to speak from the other side a little bit, I can understand like the financial part of it though. I mean, we have friends who have had to do in vitro or, you know, different, you know, fertile, you know, fertility clinic type of things. Um, And those are expensive, not to mention like not having to do that. We have three children and guess what? It is expensive. Like, You know, that could bring up a whole nother topic of like, you know, two full-time people still working, you know, both working full-time and like, it's still hard to have three kids, you know. But anyway, I think from a financial standpoint, I can understand a little bit about how, you know, you want to have a kid and you don't want to go the single parent route, which the article mentions, and you want some help. I mean... I guess adopting would be another yeah, option. But adoption is really expensive. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. 
I mean, you know, I guess it just depends. I mean, Gregory, to your point, it's expensive to have a kid, period. <laughs> even if you're even if you're having it naturally, you know, if you're not adopting and you're not, uh, you know, you're not doing fertility treatment. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. And it's it feels very um, this article also mentions that, of course, the pandemic like this sort of business has seen a big boom because people were sitting around in quarantine and on lockdown, like sort of thinking about their life and their legacy and so people are more apt to do this now than ever before, just because now, you know, if you were thinking about have a kid, having a kid now, you're like, man, I really want to have a kid. Time is flying by. Like the world is passing me by. So it's, it's, I, maybe it's very, we'll just chalk this one up to like 2020. Who knows? You know, yeah, I, I would time. love to. I was just going to say life happens and, you know, there's lots of people who plan to have kids and different things happen. You know, maybe they lose their spouse or whatever. Um, and you know, I used to do home health and I said this to Karen before, like people that don't have kids when they get older, they don't have as much support. And it was always surprising to me when I did home health. I was like, don't you have somebody who you can call to help with mm. this? And so that alone, that was before we had kids. I was like, gosh, we gotta have kids. <laughs> so that someone will take care of you when you're old. Yeah. 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 I would like to revisit this trend in I don't know five years and I feel like there's going to be a lot of people in a lot of bad positions a lot of these co-parents who don't want to do it anymore or like I don't know I just feel like it's one of those things that is not going to uh, work out well in the long run especially for the kids like those poor kids yeah. who are you know just have two random stranger parents I, I don't know just seems very bizarre well kids are resilient you never know um but let's five years from now on anchor moms um, we'll definitely be tackling this topic. Just so you know, 2025. All right. Set it on I'll your put calendars. it. I'll put it in the calendar. Yeah. yeah. On the calendar. Mama, mama. Mom's the word. That's the word. What All advice right. do you have? What's Gregory? the word? So I had lots of things that I thought about. I mean, I could briefly go over some of them, but I will spare <laughs> you and I will focus on the singular thing that came up. So I'm choosing a product and it is uh, a diaper cream. So oh. being the anchor dad who has three children, like, you know, we have been through a lot more diaper rash <laughs> and we probably have like four different types of diaper cream in our house right now. Cause you know, you go on a vacation and you buy another one and then you buy another one and you know, the Desitin, the A and D, the Boudreaux's mm -hmm. like all of them. <laughs> right. And you know, speaking of going on vacation, like, and if, or, you know, young parents or people who are thinking about having kids, the issue is moisture. So if you go on a road trip, you know, that's going to cause diaper rash if you don't change the diaper. If you go on a road trip, then go to the beach. We have mm. learned that is trouble. You know, they're putting on the, uh, they're putting on the swim diaper that gets wet, that stays yeah. wet. It's like compounds. So anyway, yeah. back to the product. Um, this is like, I think like probably grandparents. My mom told me about this. Um, you can use cornstarch. Uh, cornstarch is like really, really effective. So if you kind of play with cornstarch, um, it is to use a science term, it is hydrophobic. It does not like water. 
it just basically like repels the water. And so, you know, it repels the water right into the diaper and hopefully the diaper absorbs it. Um, so, so you like I'm, sprinkle it on them or like, what do you do? Yeah. So that's the tip. So you can use regular diaper cream and just sprinkle a little bit of cornstarch oh. on there. Um, and it, it helps. Um, but the other thing is there actually is a product that has cornstarch in it. Um, and that is called triple paste. Um, and that's oh. what we have found to be the very best. So they make one that's like a tub and that stuff is like cake icing. I mean, you put it on and it is like impermeable, like the skin is protected. It's amazing. There's also okay. like a tube version, which we have that we found. Um, but anyway, triple paste, diaper cream is good stuff. Or you it's can nice. try throwing some cornstarch on there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love these recommendations. They're, I feel like they're very scientifically based, which is our mom's the word. Never are. So I feel like I'm really I'm learning some things here. Well, this well, is I like actually, the, the doctor coming out. Yeah. I actually asked our pediatrician one time about it, and I think he was kind of hesitant to, like, go full on board with cornstarch because <laughs> I think you could potentially cause, like, a fungal rash of some sort if you used it Mm, a lot too much but you know it's not the one that you use all the time and i think they probably figured that out with this triple paste you know okay triple paste there it is mom all right third article um so this one i like the source too um i thought would be appropriate with um all of the online virtual learning that's about to happen because it feels like almost nowhere are kids going to be going back to school in person. So I thought this was a kind of a hot topic. Um, The name of the article is uh, Lessons Learned During the Pandemic on Edutopia. Um, In contrast to the other one that I recommended, I would actually go and read this one. Um, I do think it's a very good article. Um, It's brief, and it comes up with a lot of good points. And so I'll just start with the first one that that I liked, which was um, teaching and learning are rooted in relationships. Um, And the article says, you know, you may not remember what you the kids may not remember what they were taught but they will definitely remember the personal things um that that their teachers do for them and you know that could be just about anything but i kind of think back on my um elementary school and like that's what i remember you know i don't really remember you know in third grade did i learn you know some sort of history you know i don't remember where all of the things you learn in school fit but I do remember those teachers and I do remember certain things about them. So, you know, I think that that's um, one of the things. And this is the other thing is like the article is trying to do, which one of you guys might have gotten to this, but they're trying to, to figure out how we can carry forward a lot of the things that we are learning from the pandemic in a post-pandemic world. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, how is our education going to potentially be improved? So I've got some other things I want to talk about, but I'll let you guys go. I think it's a great article. Yeah. One of the things I wrote down was teaching should be flexible and tailored to students needs. 
I think that's a huge takeaway from this pandemic that we should continue forever. Um, making mental, emotional health a priority in the classroom. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I have noticed this just in my daily life. People are checking up on people a lot more. You know, like I, I think even when we talk, you know, like the anchor moms, you know, we really, we always check in on each other, but I think even more so now because everyone is dealing with a more difficult living situation, work situation, um, maybe health situation than ever before. Um, and I think that you can't, you know, negate that in a classroom, right? Like your mental health impacts your learning capabilities. Um, so I think that that is a huge priority in a classroom that, that should be continued post pandemic, I guess I should say. Yeah, one of the things in that section, Inger, that they called it, which I thought really was a good way to put it, slow, this is a slow motion collective trauma. And that just yeah. kind of hit the nail on the head for me. Like, yes, we're moving in slow motion. This is going to last a long time. There's lots of little different things that are all kind of mounting up to this one trauma of this pandemic and how it's affecting all of us. Um, and I think the thing that I really liked was it is kind of saying like, yeah, look, this has been hard on a lot of people. It's been hard on the kids. It's been hard on the teachers. There's a lot of unknowns, but let's take the positives that we can, these points that we can of what we've learned from this and really like integrate those into our education system moving forward, which I think is a really good way to look at it. Yeah. I want to say one thing that kind of combines the two things. Um, I, I listened to an interview on NPR fairly recently, um, and this was about kind of about mental health. And it was a person who was like an expert on spirituality, which, you know, we're not necessarily going to connect that with religion. But what they were doing was asking um, how the pandemic has affected mental health positive and negative. And I think they were trying to look for positives because there are so many negatives to mental health. And this guy, like I said, his expertise was spirituality. And one of the things he brought up, which goes back to what I talked about, about relationships was people are being very conscientious about who they spend their time with now. And, you know, let's face it, there's a certain degree of risk in this pandemic with seeing anybody face to face. Um, and so that's a valuable thing as far as like mental health, spirituality going forward, you know, hopefully we'll be more conscientious about, you know, I think it's important that I spend time with this family member or, you know, we haven't seen these friends in a really long time. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit off topic cause this was focusing more on education, but I do think that, you know, that's something to carry forward from this pandemic in a post pandemic world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, like um, I love this article and I think it's great. I mean, um, you know, here in Western North Carolina, we've really seen the struggle. We've been reporting on it every day. These school systems trying to figure out how to make this work, how to make it work for teachers, administrators, cafeteria workers, schools, stay at home parents, working parents, um, uh, parents who have at risk family members, teachers who have at risk family members. It's just, this is a good read this article because I think it sort of brings it home that this isn't just about you or individually, like what works for you or the old system that was working so great for you because that the old system, by the way, wasn't working for a lot of people as well. So this is kind of like taking all of that and putting a positive spin on what's happening in the education system. And like Greg said, like there hasn't been a lot of positivity 
to come out of 2020. So if you need some, this is your article. And I just want to read this one line that was at the end of the article, but it really stood out to me. Once in a lifetime chance to course correct, we will never see something like this. We will never have a reset button like this ever again in our entire life. Yeah. So let's try to take advantage of that in whatever way possible. Yeah, I want to say something about that. You know, I think 2020 is going to be like a renaissance. Um, You know, we can't just, we're going to look at it and be like, we just can't turn back to X as usual. You know, they said that about education. I think it's an opportunity during this homeschooling, virtual learning to consider how our kids have been learning too. You know, this is our chance Mm -hmm. to be involved in it personally as as um, adults and maybe going back to like your guys, um, George Floyd, um, you know, racial injustice episode. I did listen to that one, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, this could be a good opportunity when your kids are at home to have those hard discussions about race that yeah. you talked about. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Greg. I really liked your articles. Thank you for your yeah, um, thoughtful input and for choosing carefully because I know you did. I saw actually you guys briefly just over the weekend and you had mentioned that you were already like studying up and researching. So we appreciate it. Um, okay. So now uh, we would like to ask you a couple of questions, Greg, about Karen <coughs> and see how well John did surprisingly well annoyingly um a couple of weeks ago so we'd like to see how well you do and we're hoping you don't do that well because we like to prove our point that husbands you know like aren't listening and are just exactly. like awful people or paying exactly. attention yeah exactly uh, i hope i do well but i don't know if i listen well <laughs> yeah okay so are you ready i'm ready okay all right uh what is karen's favorite color uh, i would say green <laughs> karen What's your favorite color? color? What color were our bridesmaids' dresses? Oh. Uh, They were blue. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) Although I would say I usually say blue or green. So I'll give you that. Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, What is Karen's favorite song? Ooh. Well, this is a hard one. I always think this is hard. Yeah. I think if uh, I'm going to go with a safe one here and use a wedding song. So I'm going to say Wagon Wheels. Yay! Yay! That's okay. it. That, that was nice safe. Job. I have to be honest. I was like, I couldn't even think of any songs besides Disney songs. It like <laughs> took me a minute to be like, wait, what have I listened to that wasn't Frozen or like Moana in the well, last couple of I months? I do. I mean, Let It Go is a classic. So no shame in your game. Um, what is Karen's favorite holiday? Mm, Christmas. Yep. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Who What's is mine, my... Karen? Oh, yeah. Thanks- Thanksgiving. Yes, all about eating. <laughs> <laughs> we should turn, we, one of these days we should turn it around and, and do this, uh, ask the anchor moms about the anchor dads, but that would not be as fun because who really cares about that? Um, <laughs> who is most likely to deal with a spider? Me, for sure. Oh. Karen says either of you. Oh. I would say either of She's She doesn't shy away from it, um, but I think I'm more likely to deal with it. We have a yeah. funny video, though. We we deal with spiders humanely. Um, when Ella Ray was like, I don't know, 18 months old, she's like on the floor talking to a spider. Because I was like, you know, it's a friendly oh. spider. And I was like, we're going to let him outside. And she's like... Hello, spider. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. 
Um, who takes longer to get ready? Uh, ooh, we're both pretty fast. Um, but, ooh, gosh, that's a hard call. I guess Karen does. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm faster. She says the same thing. She says that, um, but barely, but barely. Sounds like Hartman needs um, some more uh, goldfish over there. Um, <laughs> who, who is, who is funniest? Oh, Karen. Karen's funnier, yes. I think. Yeah. Okay. Woo-hoo. She can also be not funny when she thinks she's funny. Oh, I think <laughs> as like her her good friends, I think we might know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some sensitive yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the most fashionable? Oh, not me. Not me. That is an easy answer. I mean, I have stuff like I think I recently retired close from high school. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, I, Gregory. Yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah, easy call that it's Karen. Like, okay, I should be better, but I'm just, I don't know. It's low on my priority list. Yeah. Well, she concurs it's with okay. you. She she, yeah. she agrees that she is more fashionable. Yes. You guys can help me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to. We would love to take it on, Gregory. Who is but, the better uh, driver? Uh, I am. That's a very easy call. Yeah, Karen agrees. Oh. Karen agrees. Um, Karen, you do agree, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why are you a bad driver, Karen? Um, I don't think I, well, I don't think I'm that bad, but I think Gregory's just a really good driver. Like, he's driven oh. in all sorts of weather. Because he's a man. Extreme, yeah, well, and he's driven in, like, all sorts of extreme weather conditions, like, out west and Alaska. Yeah, like, I he just knows how to drive that, yeah. really well. I had a CDL at one point, like, driving buses yeah. in Alaska. Whoa. So, Yeah. Okay. You are qualified to drive that minivan, Greg. That's right. <laughs> All right. Who is the better dancer? Oh, wow. Mm. That's funny. So my family thinks I'm a good dancer and I'm not. Oh. Um, Your family like your toddlers? No, no. Like, <laughs> my mom thinks I'm a good dancer, which is really funny. Um, now, if is we're she talking like, about my there, toddlers. Greg, on the dance floor. You're the life of the party. Is she like that person? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I think she just, you know, thinks her son's good at everything. But right. mm-hmm. if you exactly. did ask my toddlers, I think they would say I'm a good dancer. So we do the hot dog dance on uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> yes! And man, yep. if you do not know the hot dog dance, I am I good at that. There are lots of different, <laughs> lots of different moves. I'm familiar. And mm-hmm. I mean, I rock those out. But like dancing, otherwise, it's not good. Yeah. So would but, you say so Karen? I would say Karen. Yeah. I would is say Karen, Karen is Karen a good dancer though? Or no, or no, like no. she's okay. not a good dancer. No. Our kids she... are doomed. <laughs> pretty pretty accurate, uh, I would say. Yeah. We can we can do the hot dog dance, that's about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that wraps it up for us on our uh, second anchor dads episode. Thanks for hey, coming on, Gregory. Do you have anything else to say, Dad? Anything that you um, want to get off your chest, or is there? Are you, do you feel I'm, good right now? Do you feel vindicated? So. Cathartic experience, yeah. or what? I think so I've good? represented myself pretty well. I'll have to confer with my other anchor dads, uh, <laughs> but I don't think I have too much more to say. I got to go, you know, give some people some therapy this afternoon. Okay. So you oh. guys have a good day. All right. <laughs> Like you have more important things to do. Like you have like a like, real it's job. It's time to like, go. Like, no, let's stop the podcast. Like, I gotta work. go. 
You're not hanging time. up on me. I'm hanging up on you. Yeah. Okay. I'm really busy. I got to go. I got a lot of stuff to do. Like, what, what was that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Men do more uh, work. Men do more work. No, no, yeah. No. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. you guys. Make sure to stay this late at, mm-hmm. at work today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye, All right. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Ankle Moms, the podcast. Thanks for listening.